Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's News Grubs, the podcast that encourages, encourages the neurons in your brain to speak to each other. I'm Scotto and joining me as usual are Fishy, AP as well. Hi guys, how are you? Obviously, those neurons weren't working quite correctly. With no, I killed them with alcohol over the weekend, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I can't begin to imagine how many little dead neurons there are in my brain. Anyway, welcome to the News Grubs. This week, we're looking at organ donation in Singapore, mm-hmm. a time traveller's 2022 predictions. Oh, yeah. The Brazilian singer who has learnt the hard way not to hold in wind, or as we would call it, farts. The world's most boring profession is revealed. But I'll tell you what, let's start off with a story about a professional funeral crasher. And i got to say, I like this one a lot. An Australian bloke, and I like the way they, they do that in this story. <laughs> it's an Australian bloke. Like anywhere else, it'll be an Australian man, a chap, a guy or something, but a bloke has revealed the most outlandish of job positions that he sees him secretly crash funerals on behalf of the deceased. What? Bill, who has coined himself the Coffin Confessor, is a private investigator who uh, works closely with clients who are on their deathbed. I'm liking this so much. Yes, it's interesting. Often at at times in his line of work, the clients uh, are discovering some pretty damaging news. And of course, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you don't really want to confront somebody to say, you bastard, or anything like that, because you're not well. You're not well, you don't have enough energy to spend, and why waste it? Exactly. So the thing to do is you get the coffin confessor to pop round to have a bit of a chat to you, and then, the best part, he rocks up at the funeral, or the wake, or even during the reading of the will, Yes. and uh, let's rip. Interrupts proceedings, so to speak. Absolutely interrupts proceedings. He started, his first client was um, a guy called Graham. Mm. And he was uh, a guy that uh, he'd been investigating a claim for for a while and he got to know him for a little bit. And he had cancer and he was close to death. And he got talking to him about death and the afterlife and all the other rubbish that goes with it. And he suggested that he did his own uh, eulogy. Yeah, right. Uh, And he said, oh, I've been to plenty of other funerals where eulogies just aren't showing out of... uh, uh, disrespect all the family just you know doesn't want to know him. so I suggested I'd crash the wedding for him Graham was thrilled to bits because it turned out that Graham had a few things that he wanted to mention to people yes one of which was that uh, his best mate had been trying to um, nail his wife uh, while Fred was on the deathbed yeah, and um that he suspected uh, that there was a few people that might turn up at the, um, uh, the funeral that uh, yeah. he wouldn't be that keen on either way. So he gave him a little list. Well, lo and behold, three people uh, were at the uh, funeral that um, Graham hadn't seen in over 30 years. Uh, so um, the coffin confessor escorted them from the funeral. This is the bit I that's the bit I like. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me, because I know. Um, that uh, of a couple of funerals that I can think of that will be coming up in the not too distant future, I imagine, are going to um, uh, have people there that, well, in my personal opinion, shouldn't be there. And I don't want to, you know, cause aggravation. I I don't want to see them getting into a punch-up. It ruins the whole vibe of the thing too, having negative people. You might have to get onto this bloke. 
Now, I've just looked it up. Yes. And, and the most popular question about the term bloke is, what is a bloke person? So that's obviously a Google question translated by people who don't speak English as their first language. Well, Australian as their first language. What is a bloke person? And a bloke person is man sense, fellow sense. So they could read the answer to that and be, and be in no way enlightened. I mean, I'm, I'm not enlightened in that. I've got no idea uh, what you're talking about. You know what? I'm coming to your funeral and be, being a pest. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> what is it? So if someone reading that article, so I'm, I'm going right back to the start. I'm winding it back. Right. You're open. Okay. An Australian bloke. What yep. if they just, what's a bloke? Well, what do you mean, what's a bloke? It's a bloke, you idiot. It's a bloke. It's a what bloke. sort of a moron are you? The people who are not... If, if English is not their first language, what is this? If, if Australian isn't their first language, they're going to go, what's this? That's, that's, right. it, I'm, that's it. I'm singling, singling you out in my funeral. Absolutely. You are gone. And my other observation, gentlemen, yes. is, is he really a gatecrasher? I mean, he's basically been, it's been organised. He's not a gate, he's not a, a funeral crasher. No, nah, but the perception is. It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, right. It's, it's, he turns up and... Yeah. Uh, and Unexpectedly. Uh, yeah. And says, well, you know, you've been, you were trying to nail um, um, my wife uh, while I was here with cancer and dying, you bastard. And you, and you three aren't welcome and there's ushers coming to see you. Now, out. I'm a bit yeah. worried about, you know, the, if he hasn't seen them for what, was it three decades, yes. 30 years? yes. How old would these people possibly be? I mean, are they geriatrics? Are they invalids? Could well Where be. they're now being asked to leave a funeral. Would they resist leaving? Or you Is it going hope. to be an argument? Or you could only hope. Oh. You could only hope. I want to see a punch-up. I want to see this is, people lashing see, out. And this is why you get This is the reason we've, I've discussed on another show with you. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why I think funerals, just like weddings, should be videotaped. Oh, without a doubt. But they should also be a bit chirpy, I think. I'm going to get um, jugglers and um, a jumping castle. Mm. And forest sort of dancers. Another, yeah, and line dancers, forest dancers, um, you know, um, pole dancers, that kind of thing in my funeral. Beautiful. I want it to be a happy occasion. So, no, I think this is such it, a great idea. It, the, it's too its too bad I'm going to come along and spoil it. But that's anyway. right. Because I'll be uh, leaving a specific um, grant in my uh, funeral. Uh, oh, what's the word I'd be it's looking for? Document. Outline. Instructions. That's the word I'm trying to think of. To have the coffin confessor there. And he charges between $2,000 and $10,000 per client. Um, and bizarrely, he uh, never gets a complaint from any of his clients. Interesting. Yes. Now, there's a rule in Singapore that ensures all citizens over the age of 21 are automatically enrolled as organ donors. Damn good thing too, I say. Yeah. And it's getting a heap of praise online, apparently. Makes sense to me. The Southeast Asian uh, country uh, went through an organ shortage. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, where were they get? Where were the organs going? Well, they were selling them online, of course, on the uh, eBay the, uh, yeah. the, for the worms, oh, wow. or in the ground for the worms. Or now, this organ people. shortage happened in uh, 1987, and as a result of it, uh, the Human Organ Transplant Act, great abbreviated name. as HOTA, oh, great name, uh, was passed in 2009, and the rules uh, see all residents aged 21 or above 
who are not mentally ill, right, oh, or okay. mentally disordered, right, automatically included under the HOTA, right, uh, in uh, what the official HOTA website says is one of the most remarkable successes in the history of medicine. Right. So they're so basically forcing their citizens, right, to, to give up um, their their bits. Their I bits. Think. Now, what if? Now, I can, I can understand the the first bit about you don't want them to be mentally deranged. I think that's more for the protection of the mentally deranged person, saying I want to donate all my organs without having obviously thought about it or without having possibly capacity. Or the third thing that it could be is it could be that the, the, the there could be some sort of an inference that the organs might be mentally affected as well. I don't know. Well, I would imagine but, the brain could be a bit how you're going, but I'm not sure to do much for your, you know, too much harm for your liver or your eyes or your colon. Yeah, or but what like about, what about if uh, there's cancer already, you know, and you and you've hit it from the from the from the doctors, or you've hit it from the people. Could you could you turn around and sue someone if you received a liver transplant that had cancer? Like it's not but fit for purpose. Like, you would have to assume so. Yeah. And you, yeah, you'd go, oh, this is no good. The goods were not of merchantable quality. No, absolutely I, not. I I can't see why you wouldn't. No, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't, especially in America and Britain. Yeah. Oh, they're sure they'd have screening tests, wouldn't they? You would like to think so. Yeah, I mean, I'd surely when you you know they cut them out, they'd have a bit of a look and go, "Oh, yeah, that's a nice, that's pretty pink. Good, that's all right." Good point on Fishy's part, though. I mean, what if someone was wandering around and they had early stages of something undiagnosed, and, um, and, and they did a home test yeah, <laughs> somehow? Right, right, they like a rat a test. Pun- they didn't <laughs> die of cancer; they got hit by a bus. So That'll they, do it. But they had cancer. It's an, actually a very good point. I've, I'm fairly sure, I, though, that they do actually sort of have some kind of screening process. I don't know that for certain, but I'm while sure. I'm here on the mic, though, yes. I, I know that I know that HOTA stands for Human Organ Transplant Act, but I, I don't know. You know these these abbreviations that they use they, aren't they a bit yesterday? Yes. I mean, the whole system should be called colder because when the kidney's taken out, you don't want it on a barbecue. You want it in an ice cooler, so it should be cooler. Fair call. The organ should be cooler. Fair call. Now, gentlemen, mm-hmm. you you all drive a car don't you yes yes and your driver's license does that have an indication whether you're a donor or not i am a donor but i have no idea whether my license does or not to be oh because it used to i don't know Let me just uh so when you're applying for a license uh you uh, used to be able to elect whether you wanted to donate your organs in any event uh would you have Oh, absolutely! I'm, I'm on. I can have any bit of me they want. Yeah, I because I, I, I've got a driver's license, even though, even though I don't drive much, and I did donate. Well, I did. Well, no, I didn't actually donate. I gave permission to donate. Yes. In the event I'm uh, found in a car crash, crushed uh, into little pieces, unrecognisable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond recognition. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do uh, your wallet biopsy and they find your little card. Yeah, and then they worked <laughs> out that the only bit that survived that, they, that I could donate was my little toe. Oh, well, that's important, you know. There are people it's, out there that need little toes. Well, there's a lot of people that seven little toes. Exactly. They seem to be the first, little fingers and little toes seem to be the first things that go. Want to watch out if you have a car crash, I'd say. Interestingly enough, Australia has an opt-in model, as we were quite uh, rightly discussing there. Uh, whereas uh, um, in Britain, and uh, uh, they've moved to an opt-out system. So oh, you can actually no. opt out if you want, 
But interestingly enough, I was reading that um, in uh, England and uh, also in America, if you uh, have opted out of the system, you're less likely to be eligible for a transplant, which I think makes sense. I think that's fair. So you're getting punished. Yes, because you're because, a, because you're a tight ass. Yeah, because you're not playing the game. Because you won't allow somebody else to live by the fact of them taking your bits and putting reckon, them into somebody, even if they are diseased. I reckon that's a great idea. What? A quid pro quo. If oh, you're not I, oh play yeah, the I game. agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you don't so, get the, you don't uh, get the benefit if you're not going to donate your organs. You're not getting the benefit in case you need them. Exactly. That clash with the Hippocratic Oath, though. I mean, uh, oh, it's long gone. The, you reckon? <laughs> it's, it's gone. It's gone. Right. You think they care about that? Now, they, I don't, they, even, they don't even teach that in medical school now. Like, I'm a smoker. And you know, I turn up at um, every medical appointment. They go, are you smoking still? I go, yeah. Right, well, get out of my office. Nick off. They don't care anymore. They're, they're, they're hypocritic. Gone. Absolutely gone. I stumbled across. Sure. I, think they may still, I think they may still take the oath currently. When well, they... yes, but then they ignore it completely. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> it's still a thing. Hippocratic Oath's still a thing. Well, if technically. You, if you're the doctor presiding over whether someone gets an organ or not, based on their personal views of whether they would donate their own, I know. See, there's don't the... give that person the benefit of the uh, of the um, the bodily organs, then that's it's questionable under the Hippocratic Oath. No, but see, they've got around that because it's government regulation, government uh, act, so that that's outweighs right. everything. Right. I thought the Hippocratic Oath went about 50 years ago. You know why? Because I stumbled across a 1970s print advertisement recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to quote it yes. uh, uh, as best as I can mm-hmm. from memory. Uh, Nine out of ten doctors smoke camel. <laughs> That's the cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That's true. No, they did in those days. It was the number one selling uh, cigarette in the medical profession. You've got to admire that. Anyway, uh, if you feel inclined listener to uh, donate why not get it out of you it's no use to you once you're dead let's face it they might not want all the bits but there's something they're gonna want now i was selected to head up this story listeners because i am known amongst the three of us as being the conspiracy theorist true so when a fellow piped up and said uh, that he's predicting uh, several events that are going to happen. He calls himself the time traveller. Mm-hmm. Uh, his number one prediction is that a celebrity who faked their own death is going to return. I knew I'd seen Elvis at the uh, McDonald's. Yeah, they're going. I think uh, uh, reading down, I think he's going to make that. Uh, he's going to make that announcement on the sixteenth of September. It's just a little bit too specific for me. Uh, well, if you know, like, if you're from the uh, future, you're going to know, aren't you? Well, yeah, but then he'd know. Does he know things like, oh, on September the fifteenth, uh, the uh, the celebrity's publicist is going to get a heavy cold, and they're going to put off the press release till the seventeenth? I mean, what's going to happen then? Technically, yes, he would so, know that. <laughs> he will know that, of course, yeah. he will. So the thing that gets me mm-hmm. about people who predict things yes. is that when it doesn't work out, they just. Delete their um. Well, that's what this fellow did. Yes, he's done it in the past. He he posted certain predictions, and then either uh, the day before or on the day, he pulled them offline. Yes, uh, never to be seen again. Then he went underground for a little while. So, I don't know. I'm a bit dubious about him. Really? Suspicious. Here's a quote from him, Fishy. Uh, Some people don't believe that I'm a real time traveller. 
So here are some pretty big events that will happen in 2022. Okay. 17th June, signs of the biggest ocean creature to date are found in the Pacific Ocean. So write that down, listeners. The 17th of June, we're going to find some bloody big thing, 10 times the size of a dugong. Um, (laughs) And uh, in the Pacific Ocean, and it'll be, uh, this, this fellow knew all about it. 16th of September, a very popular musician will come out and admit he faked his own death. Now, immediately, apart from the fact Scott has already mentioned it, immediately everybody's mind goes to Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. But why didn't, he, why didn't he name the musician? He doesn't need to. He, all he said is a very popular musician. But, but if he said admit he faked Elvis Presley... Well, we'd think he was an idiot. Well... well Elvis has been dead for 40 years. Jimi Hendrix rolls up on the 16th of September and and, and, and takes the mic and and says, oh, sorry, I faked my own death, then I'll stand corrected. I'll accept that. Of Elvis. I'll accept that. (laughs) And then, uh, by the end of the year, robots would have taken up to 20% more jobs replacing humans. Well... I don't think so. Not in twenty twenty two. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's anywhere near right. And and I think what's going to happen is his website and his little videos and things like that. When these things don't happen, they'll just be pulled quietly off off the air, so to speak. He did, uh, or some, one of them. Um, I don't know whether it's the same one or not. Um, suggested on the eleventh of March, the first human has a child with a chimpanzee that can talk and has mixed features. Um. Now, I don't know, maybe everyone kept that, or the family kept it a bit quiet because they were a bit surprised. I don't know. Or maybe we just haven't heard about it yet. But I, I, I've got to say I'm dubious about the quality of his... And and if you're from a time travel, like if you were a time traveller, wouldn't you um, come back and uh, or go back and be the richest person in the world because yeah, you can right. manipulate the stock market um, exactly as uh, they did in um, Back to the Future? Yeah, oh, right. Biff, Biff won all the Super Bowls and exactly and the richest man in the world. And, and so that's what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be, you know, well, sprouting bullshit, frankly. Now, yeah, there's I been uh, – she's not a time traveller, but you might have heard of Baba Vanga. Remember her? Doesn't immediately spring to my mind, to be honest. Okay. No. She, she was known as the Nostradamus of the Balkans. She died 25 years ago. Right. But is believed to have possessed an uncanny knack – of predicting major world events. She predicted the 9-11 attacks. On the day? Uh, like, what was earlier, her actual prediction? Uh, earlier. I don't have the wording. Like, did uh, it say that the planes are going to fly into the World Trade Centre in New York? Uh, she said, well, what she said is, uh, I'll, I'll just try and find it because she she speaks in riddles like... Oh, uh, yeah, Nost- like Nostradamus. Like Nostradamus. Yeah, him. Nostradamus. And she said the. This the American brethren. Remember, brethren is the two towers, the two brothers, right? Oh yeah, that's right. been that's been discussed uh, before. Okay, the American brethren will fall after being attacked by the steel birds. All right, that's acceptable. Right, yeah, would, I'll give I'll give her that it, one. It's more credible than that other guy that we were just talking about, don't you think? Oh, I don't think Fred's got any credibility whatsoever, frankly. Yeah. Did so you hear any other uh, ones? Yeah, heaps. So oh, okay. I won't bore the listener right now. I'll it. look that uh, up. It's, it's B-A-B-A-V-A-N-G-A, Baba Vanga. Oh, excellent. There's heaps of stuff about her. So she's and better than uh, Nostradamus. Uh, Nostra, what's his face? Nostradamus. Yeah, him. Yeah, I, I don't know about better. 
Well, but at I, least more contemporary. Remember. But she's dead still. You know, I mean, she died twenty five years ago. I don't remember him saying that. You know, a couple of um, steel birds are going to fly into the Brethren in New York. No, no. So yeah. that's more contemporary. She uh, predicted the remember the submarine, the Russian submarine, the cursed. Oh yeah. She predicted that again, well before it uh, it happened. Well, maybe she was a time traveller, but they just in didn't a, have TikTok in those days. In a way. Now, as we all know, there's a number of people around the world that are doing studies on things, <laughs> generally getting a, ga- a grant from the government or something like that to um, study really useless information. However, this chappy, a Dr. Wijnan Win- van Tilburg, uh, has led a study that finds basically the most boring people in the world by profession. Pretty boring job. Well, <laughs> funny you should say that because he, uh, he says that uh, even though you're um, studying a very boring uh, professions or that, the actual study of it is quite interesting. That's probably because he's a really boring person. He's trying to talk himself up, I reckon. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the only one that thinks it's interesting. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, the peer-reviewed paper has been published in the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin. Now that's, oh, that's interesting. I didn't see that in my recent copy. Oh, you might have um, might not have got the new, the latest copy. I've, I've got oh, my okay. copy right here. Hang on. Okay. Yeah, here it is, right, right, right in front of me. <laughs> and yeah, there's the story there. Uh, now he he spent a significant amount of time. Um, I'm not entirely sure how much, um, and I would hope not very much. Uh, going through jobs, interviewing people, and studying. Studying, I like the way they do that. Um, the, the, what could lead uh, people to social ostracisation, um, incre- increasing uh, loneliness um, and uh, negative impacts and so on and so forth, uh, to learn what the most boring uh, jobs are and um, are likely to have uh, be viewed yeah. as having low uh, competence and lack interpersonal warmth. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand most of that. I just spoke you know, Scott. I'm a bit, I'm a bit perplexed by some of this because uh, there's a, two lists that he's created, or, yes, or have been created. Correct. One's titled "Most Boring Jobs," and they include uh, five, five. Yes, it's the top uh, five. Data analysts, boring, or analysis, uh, uh, accounting, says it all. Tax insurance, <laughs> how dull. Uh, cleaning, oh yeah, boring. And banking. So it's all the major five, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, it's the and big the other, five. And the other five for the most exciting jobs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't believe this. Right. Performing arts. Number one. Yeah. Next one, science. Yeah. See, I want to put that up with accounting and data analysis. Oh, yeah, no way. Many, class, no, many uh, yeah, science class, and, uh, yeah, but I, I would have put it up there too. For sure. Oh, there's no way. Science is, science is just, I mean, they, they're the sort of people, admittedly, they only give us bad news, you know, end of the world. There was, uh, there was only one, one exciting scientist. That was Dr. Julius Sumner Miller with the eggs sucking into the milk. There you go. See, he was exciting. No and wonder he's on the that, second on the list. And that was in a TV commercial. Yeah, 50 <laughs> years ago. So we've got performing arts, science, journalism. Nah, so I do agree, disagree with that one, yeah. Uh, health professional. Hello. 
Oh, are you really going to claim as being a health professional? Well, I'm a, I'm a health professional, but but I I reckon I've met some boring health professionals. I bet there was a bunch where you were last night. <laughs> yeah, I touched on one or two last night. I suspected I, you might. The, yeah, you the touched beer one. Thinking was far more exciting than a couple of people I was talking to last night. But uh, yeah, so I and look, oh, but I, and then and then I'm sorry for you to cut to cut you off. Number no, five. No, that's fine. Number five. And the last one, number five, teaching. Now I'm not going to analyse this list very much. Do you know why? Because because you'd, you'd be in number I, you'd be in number one. Yeah, if I analyse too much, I'm in danger of being boring. So I'm just <laughs> going to say whatever. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I I think it's not the world's greatest story, and I think it's not the world's greatest list. But the important thing is that Fred, uh, whose name escapes me, uh, Doctor uh, Van Til- Tilburg. I can do that. He's how did that escape you? Well, it was his first name that threw me, frankly. All right. When I um, had the trouble there early, let me just. Well, Wind, wind, yeah, yeah, wind, wind, John. Um, I wonder where yeah. the um, uh, society for the most boring. No, sorry, the personality and social psychology is actually based. I'm going to look that up, and we'll do that on another show. We're going to we're going to bring them. Do you reckon there's a club or association, the Boring Society? Of course, there is one newsletter a decade. Oh yeah, but I mean, if, if when you think about it, like accounting, dull, banking, dull, cleaning, well. How dull would that be? Oh, but, I would have thought in the five most exciting, they would have had astronaut. Skydiving instructor? Yeah, skydiving instructor. Uh, uh, jet fighter pilot. Well, that maybe they fall under the science category. Racing car driver? Uh, yeah, fair call. What about what? an actor? An actor leads an exciting... Well, that's, uh, like that's performing role. arts. Yeah, performing yeah. arts. I mean, that's, that's just to go around and smack your, um, smack your mate in the head for yeah. um, telling jokes about your wife, I imagine. So I guess that's a performing art. Vivian de Queros Piera. Jeez, oh, I love when known, you talk foreign. Known by yeah. his stage name, Poker. I think I can, I'll deal with poker instead. Yeah, I'll stay with poker. A little bit uh, more straightforward. Poker, she wasn't on farting terms with her boyfriend. Understandable. Uh, she revealed... To the world on an Instagram account. Of As course. you would. Yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing. Can't, can't How embarrassing. Of a boyfriend, but willing to tell 1.3 million followers all about it. How does that uh, work? <laughs> she's a Brazilian singer, and uh, she learned the hard way that you cannot hold in a fart. My mum always told Why? me that. Did it squeeze out? Her, no, no, she held it in. She must have... Fantastic sphincter muscles. And as her reluctance to pass wind in front of the boyfriend... Ended up in a trip to hospital. <gasps> oh my god! Which caused a lot more embarrassment than uh, than blowing it off in front of the uh, young fella. As opposed to telling her fifteen point seven million Instagram fans. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. I was a bit short on the followers there, wasn't I? Yeah. 15, didn't you? <laughs> uh, the twenty-seven-year-old singer said that an accumulation of trapped gas, also known as a fart, <laughs> caused severe pains in her stomach. Something she thought only a visit to hospital could fix. So, of course, your mind wanders, doesn't it? Oh, it does, it does. Uh, you know, stomach cancer and, uh, you know, encephalitis mm-hmm. caused by mosquito bite and you know, everything. I woke up at 5.30 a.m. Uh, cola and mentos <laughs> comes to that's mind. Right. Yes, that's and right. ended up in the hospital. Um, but thankfully, the singer is fine now after being medicated for the pain. Was that with a, a half a packet of prunes? <laughs> Which was allegedly diagnosed as trapped farts. So I'm sure that, you know, that MIMS... That medical journal, yeah, does read each oh, year. Yeah. It's updated. Yes, the Mims Journal. You look under T, and they've got trapped farts. 
Apparently there's a, um, a number of reasons that can cause it. Because I must admit, I would have thought that, because uh, when I'm laying in bed, um, and I am a bit of a farter in fairness, uh, I know during the course of the night that um, I will move and I'm technically asleep and I'll know and all, all of a sudden go your hardest. Um, right. And the GF has mentioned on a number of occasions uh, and I had to in fact leave the room. Uh, mm. And and that's when you're asleep. So I would have thought it was a you know just would have happened in the general course of um, well life, frankly. Um, yeah. But according to uh, Healthline, that must be a, res- a reliable thing, a bit like Doctor Google, I imagine. It can feel like a stabbing pain in your chest and abdomen, which occurs when gas doesn't move through the intestine properly. It can result uh, can be a result of bacteria digesting food in the large intestine, or the person swallowing air um, when drinking or eating. I would have thought that's what caused you to fart in the first place. Um, but I'm but a little bit confused here. Is is the reason uh, that she got the pains was that she deliberately withheld expelling the fart? Yes. Or it's the re- it is right. That's my that's it's, my understanding. Because uh, some of that article seems to suggest that there was some medical reason why she ended up in hospital, as if, if it was a some sort of blockage of some sort, or a, what was it a foo a, a poo swap places with a fart or something. Well, I see that's a very common that's, thing when that happens. Um, poo slips down past the fart, and you're, you're in trouble then. And so now a wet one. I would encourage anybody who's listening to this. Uh, Use Crab's forecast now to go to Wikipedia and type in fart because I am just enjoying myself. Oh, really? Do like tell. I, like, like I should never do. Yes. It, it comes up in Wikipedia as flatulence. Yes. And um, the gas that escapes is called flatus. Oh. Now, I'm, I'm having a ball here. Um, and so flatulence is, is flatus being expelled through the anus uh, with the pressure of the... Of the of the sphincter muscles, right. And it is normal to pass flatus. The volume and frequency vary greatly among individuals. And there's a picture of Scott. I know. No, I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if I was, was. going to say. There's <laughs> another area of medicine you're an expert in now. Yeah. The other the other thing that I draw your attention to is an illustration. Oh. Uh, from gastroenterology, of um, a man presumably in the 15th century. Suffering from wind, and he's in a like a form of a hammock, so oh. he's sort of sitting up, but he's got his sort of his, his legs sort of out the end of the hammock, and they're they're uh, uh-huh. they're split wide, and there's two people there comforting him. Oh, and there's just the the this is like a black and white, like almost like a what do they call it? I know some um, sketches, lithographs, carbon or like a, like a lithograph, oh, chalk, a ch- yeah, yeah. Like a charcoal drawing, sort of carbon, thing. yeah, charcoal drawing. And um, this is just this charcoal drawing of wind escaping, like smoke escaping from between his legs. <laughs> it's outstanding. Uh, so Wikipedia, uh, look up Fart, the direction of flatulence, and uh, you'll just have a ball of a time, listeners. Oh, and, and, and I think the key is, though, that don't be shy. If you're, um, you know, even if you're in a brand new relationship, if you're only just, um, uh, you know, on a first date or anything, don't be shy. Just lift a cheek, let rip, and let one go. That's my suggestion. Well, doesn't that just show how weird the world is, those <laughs> stories? Like, really? Mm. I'll tell you what, though. Join us next week when we'll burrow deep into further interesting stories from around the globe. 
or across it if you're a flat earther. Uh, and make sure that you subscribe to News Grubs so that you can keep up to date with the latest fascinating, fascinating insight into humanity, uh, everyone. To, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Well, see you, Scotto. Uh, bye, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week.